We never know where life will lead us or what may hinder us along the way. But while every day can feel like one big question mark, it doesn't have to. With the right insights, strategies, and solutions from Western and Southern Financial Group, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Understand that they are that way because you're Joe Flacco. And you just like to discredit things that people deserve credit for. That you can't possibly be expected to defend that. Talk about the game, Sam. So who cares about what people think about us? Yeah, I like the ball, like the pulses and all the things that go with it. Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Pelizzolo back here with Sam Monson. It's a special Valentine's Day edition, Sam. Recording early because the snow is coming into Cincinnati. And as a New Englander, I must say, Cincinnatians are not ready for the snow. No. They're no. just not. No, they're not prepared. Though, to be fair, it did sound like the last, the last, we got like, what, nine inches to a foot last week. And it sounded like it was unexpected. Typically, that weather whatever it was moves past us and it didn't it just stopped and dumped everything all over us therefore nobody was out pre you know pre-salting the roads etc cetera, etc cetera. but it, warning we're is coming in it's, it's coming, coming this time they know about it so, so there's like, no excuses get the plows out the plows always come out after the snow again in new england it's like you're waiting yeah. and once that first snowflake hits boom Bam. you go everybody's out yeah and uh, i think you know we'll see how they do here yeah so, I uh, I I went out last night to walk the dog, right? Oh I figured it's been, what, three, four days since the real snow? Like, the footpaths will be okay by now. No. No. Still rough. So for the first time, I was like, I won't even put the, the snowshoes on. I'll just wear shoes. Went out to the footpath, and I'm now, like, eight inches deep in snow. The dog is, like, loving it, pl- plowing through. I'm, like, n- ankle to knee deep in wet, soaking snow. It didn't go well. Yeah, so you're inexperienced, too. Yeah. Like Cincinnatians. All right. Today, here's what we're going to do. QB season. QB carousel season. There are, for the second straight year, this is amazing, a lot of dominoes to fall. Again, last year at this time, Tom Brady was a free agent. Drew Brees was a free agent. Dak was a free agent. I mean, there was some serious stuff happening. Ryan Tannehill. A lot. uh, Phillip Rivers. So last year, a lot of dominoes at quarterback. This year, there's not as many free agents. But when you add in Deshaun Watson trade rumors, Russell Wilson being disgruntled, there's a lot happening right now. So we're going to go through the QB dominoes. Dominoes. If you are curious about J.J. Watt, we're going to save him for the PFF NFL Daily. So if you subscribe to the Daily, great. If you don't, go subscribe right now. We're going to have our J.J. Watt analysis, where we think he fits in, where we think he should be playing with his new team. So let's go through the QBs right now, Sam. Is it going to be as crazy as last season? I mean, it is if any one of those big dominoes actually goes somewhere, right? If Dak, Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, if one of those guys moves, that in and of itself makes this one of the crazier quarterback off seasons in recent memory. Um, plus, the draft is obviously a great quarterback draft with Trevor Lawrence, you know, generational talent that, that comes up every year. Um, <laughs> it, it could be an awesome offseason all right so do you want to go we'll go qb by qb and yeah. see like where they're where they might land best fits best yeah. scenarios well, let's now. start with the, the the biggest dominoes so the biggest domino so it's got to be dak yeah right because we don't know if russell wilson's going to get traded of course we assume deshaun watson gets traded so we'll get to him in a minute so dak prescott free agent for the second straight year really clouding the situation by getting hurt in week five this past season so it seemed like him and Dallas were going to go figure it out but we spoke a couple weeks ago with Brad Spielberger about this and it seems like the discussion is fewer years more money versus you know a lot of money maybe spread out where do you think this thing ends up I I'm really intrigued by this because obviously this is a negotiation right Dak and his team want more money fewer years everything right the the Dallas Cowboys want less money, longer years. They want the whole thing tied up. 
they're very far apart in terms of how much money they want to assign to this contract. And the only way that goes anywhere is if somebody is prepared to walk away. If, if Dallas are prepared to say, look, this is as valuable as you are and we are not going over this line. If that's what, if you insist, this is the money it's gonna take, we're out, we're gonna walk away and you know you can come back to us there'll always be a spot on the negotiating table but right now we're not moving by on this line i don't know if they are that really is the key to me are dallas prepared to walk away from this negotiation if the asking price gets too high because their problem is i think they're right in terms of saying he is worth x amount and we don't want to go beyond that and everything we've seen from dak prescott says that's probably true he's not at the Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, even Russell Wilson level of quarterbacks. And I don't know if you could be confident that he will ever get there, particularly if you, you know, dissolve some of the wide receiver help around him. So Dallas is probably right to put a line in the sand and say, that's it, no more. But that only works if you're prepared to walk away from the deal. If you're not, if this is just a, like if they call your bluff and it was a bluff, all you did is all you did is extend the thing and you're gonna end up paying what he wants anyway oh, it's like me disciplining my kids man they call your bluff they know you're faking yeah yeah at some point you got to carry through right it's tough are man. they prepared to do that so as i'm looking you mentioned the top three apys right average per year at quarterback mahomes watson and wilson and here's what i think is interesting because a lot of times we view this from from the team standpoint. And, at the, and I've seen people complain about that. I've seen players complain about that. Like fans only think about the team standpoint. And I get it. Like you care about your team. You want your team to do the best thing. We all grew up playing Madden, playing franchise mode and all that stuff. You think about it from the Cowboys standpoint. So from the Cowboys standpoint, I get the idea of like, hey, we don't want to go over this number. This is what he's worth. Like this is what we really want. From Dak's standpoint, the quarterback market has always just been fascinating because it's not just the best quarterbacks right if it was if it was a meritocracy it would be like oh it's the best it's top eight quarterbacks always get paid the most but remember we hit this stage five six seven eight years ago where it's like oh if you're the next guy that's above yeah. the dalton line and your contract's up you're the highest paid quarterback right. joe flacco and Derek carr and it didn't matter so the top average per year behind mahomes watson wilson all guys i think we think are worthwhile there big ben 34 million with one year left, two years left. Jared Goff, <laughs> right? Aaron Rodgers, good. Kirk Cousins, okay. Carson Wentz, oh. who we'll talk about in a minute. Which here. doesn't even start until this year. And it doesn't like start that's until year this one year. of the extension. So this is part of the issue. Again, five, six, seven, eight years ago, it was like if you have a DAC level quarterback or a Wentz level quarterback, you just you pay him the money. Because how are we gonna find another guy like this? And and that's just what it was. And I think teams are starting to say, wait, on that list, Big Ben, the Steelers are probably rooting for him to retire. Goff has already been traded. Yeah. And yeah. Carson Wentz, has this hasn't kicked in yet, and he's about to get traded. That, I mean, you don't want to be saddled with the Carson Wentz deal is basically what what the, what that is, right? Is there's, there's definitely a cautionary tale of, let's be 100% sure that this quarterback is going to justify one of the top APY deals in the NFL before we hand it out. I would say you'd be pretty confident with Dak. The other thing is Dallas is trying to sort of leverage this of, hey, look, you know, you're not going to get Deshaun Watson money, Patrick Mahomes money. You're not really worth that. On the other hand, being quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is worth something that other teams can't give you, right? You can go to Jacksonville and never come close to the kind of endorsement. De Jacksonville is not getting you a sleep number contract, you know, or the Oikos <laughs> commercial. You know what I mean? Or $18 being, million a year from CBS with right. a really cool jacket with the CBS <laughs> logo on it. Being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is still worth something that doesn't exist in a lot of media markets in the NFL. Yeah, you tell that to Quincy Carter, Jet Hutchinson. Well, obviously you've got to not suck, right? But if you're going to say, look, I know you're going to be good to a degree with whatever team you're going to go for, but you will make back whatever you leave on the table by being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It's something that I don't think a lot of teams in the NFL can say, but I do think the Dallas Cowboys can say that and mean it, and it will actually pan out that way. It is an interesting sell 
uh, especially with Romo making the money he's making from CBS, Troy Aikman being the top color analyst. And it's also obviously not guaranteed, right? So to a degree, you just have to trust that. But I think it's true in Dallas's case. It does seem like Watson is a little bit closer. So I think every quarterback, everybody's talked about Tom Brady and how he saved his money through the, you know, he was just kind of a unique case, I think. I think Mahomes might be a unique case because he just stretched things out over 10 years and he's still, it's not like he's making great sacrifices and he's getting paid, but he wants to win. But is, is, is Dak on that other end of like the Kirk Cousins maximize your value? Like you want to come out of this and say, if I had $150 million on the table, I made 150, not I made 140. Does it feel like he's on that end of it and he's just trying to maximize things and that's what could be holding things up. I'm not I mean, putting it all on Dak here, by the I way. I will say that, again, Dak, the Brady thing is interesting because Brady did leave a lot of money on the table, which you can debate how impactful that was. Basically, it shakes out to the cost of about a slot receiver every year, which is what he could have got in addition to what he did get, but cho- chose not to because, you know, he thought that would give him the best chance to win. And again, he probably made it more than that back on endorsements and blah, blah, blah. And through marriage. Yes, that will help. Um, Dak Prescott has shown throughout his career that he is a quarterback very susceptible to the fluctuations of supporting cast, particularly the receiving group, right? When he has a really good receiving group to throw to, you get very good Dak Prescott. When he doesn't, you get less good Dak Prescott. Or he's when got, the offensive line got a little bit worse in 17 and 18, yeah, right? He's got There's, two seasons yeah. with a PFF grade below 75. He's also got three above 80 and this most recent one before he got injured was playing at 85 a career year but my point is if if there was a quarterback out there who was self-aware enough to consider these things Dak more than many quarterbacks should probably look at this and say it would behoove me to have the money for an extra slot receiver every single year like if I did what Brady did that I think would make more sense long term than just maximizing every last dollar I can get do you think Josh Allen's going to be saying that too? I mean, that's who knows. That's kind of worked in his favor, obviously, too. Yeah. I mean, look, supporting cast helps everybody. The, the 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 way I like to separate quarterbacks, though, is the the better the quarterback, the more they can do with less. We've seen Brady and Breeze and Rodgers and Peyton. Like we've seen those guys do better with less. Like yeah. still produce with less. Dak, though, it is a little concerning that he's got two years ranked around twentieth in PFF grades rather than all in top 10 but I do think is my conclusion on Dak I think he ends up back in Dallas I think they figure it out I think he's worth I think he's a top 10 quarterback now I think Dak has because of the Roethlisberger's of the world falling off because of Breeze probably retiring and the eight you know Brady's going to be gone at some point in the next five years probably I mean over the course of the contract I think Dak is one of the top 10 assets in the NFL hmm. so I think he gets paid I think he should get paid it's just a matter of where the compromise is. If it's the short deal, because Dak wants the short deal, right? Where he's he's going to be valuable again in four years. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the inevitable conclusion over the standoff. If we can't meet in the middle on money, we're going to have to change the length of the, the term. Right. Um, here's the, the funny thing is, I think everything is pushing this towards what should be a divorce. I think the Dallas Cowboys are right to draw a line in the sand and say, you shouldn't go beyond this. You're not, you're not worth... Patrick Mahomes money and we we think it hurts you and us to do that deal um and I think for Dak again like he he obviously should chase the money but he could also you know accept the idea that hey I should be the Tom Brady the altruistic guy give a little bit back because it helps me overall as well I don't know that he would want to do that but the whole thing actually logically makes sense to just say, you know what, this isn't going to work out. We should we should separate. It's not the way it used to be, where you have to fear that anymore. It's 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 the it's the way it should go. But I don't think Dallas. I don't think they have the guts for it. I don't think they would. Yeah. I think when push comes to shove, and it will at some point, right? The the deadline will approach where this has to get done. I think they'll choke and they'll go. Dallas quick. gives in. Yeah, yeah. Quick throw, get it done. Get it done, whatever it takes. Honestly, I think it's best for both sides. Let's wrap it up on Dak, but I think it's best for both sides because as much as we say it's a different world, it's a different NFL, Marcus Mariota is is out there, right? If you can get Marcus Mariota for a draft pick right now and he's a good quarterback, that's still less comfortable than what you have from Dak. And and the same thing with Dak, though. If, If the Dallas Cowboys truly went into free agency and didn't have a quarterback, are they the best landing spot? 
for a free agent quarterback. And I know that, it, let's say last year, right, with Brady, like, would Brady be like, man, I got to get to Dallas. I got Amari Cooper. I got Michael Gallup. And now they have C.D. Lamb. Like, that's a good landing spot. Yeah. With an offensive-minded head coach, say what you want about Mike McCarthy. So, Or, like, what would Dallas be prepared to do to trade for Deshaun Watson? <laughs> oh, then, yeah. Well, then there's that. Or Russell I mean, Wilson. Or- honestly, if you're Deshaun Watson and you're – you and Watson's in the most powerful position in the NFL right now. He gets to see the landscape of the league. Yeah. Do I want to go to New England? Ah, not really. Do I want to go to wherever? He could look at Dallas and say, "That's the top spot. I got a trio of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. There's still enough offensive line talent coming back." So that's why I think it's good for Dak to go back to Dallas as well because that would be you've got your receivers there, man, and we've seen the impact. So I think they go back. I think he goes back to Dallas as well. Let's get into the Watson thing. I think he will. Let's just for a second assume he doesn't. Where would his best landing spot be? Dak's best landing spot yeah. would be. I mean, what's the best landing spot for anybody right now? I Indi- think Indianapolis. Yes. Yeah. I want to see Dak wind up as the Indianapolis Colts quarterback. I don't want to. He... I don't want to be redundant with our analysis because yeah, Indy is the best landing spot for him, for Wentz, and for everybody, right? Well, Just because so, of what they have to a degree, but they don't have a great receiving core. But the point is, with Dak, like if Dak hits the open market. It's different. So the Colts, I mean, even taking away the interdivision thing, the Colts, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, can't pile receivers around him. If they get Dak Prescott on the open market with cap space that they have, they've got the second most cap space in the NFL, they can add players to him. They can bring receivers to go with him in, in a way that they couldn't with Deshaun Watson. So Dak Prescott to the Colts, I would love to see that. Denver's the other good. Well, there's two other good landing spots, I think. Denver, because of the receivers. We I, we always tend to start there. And then the 49ers. Oh. And they're rumored to be in the Deshaun Watson Man, discussion here. I would love here. to see Dak Prescott in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yes. The only, and look, so actually, that's going to be the case for a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> let's say Dak Prescott. I just I just declared him a top 10 quarterback. And yeah. there's, there's, Dak is kind of like Romo was in Dallas where he's either over or underrated depending on which stance you want to take I mean there's 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 going to be some of our listeners that think Steve you're an idiot Dak of course is a top 10 quarterback he has been since he stepped into the league and he Mm -hmm. was like year one he was top eight that's how he graded so it's not like breaking news to them other people are gonna be like ah he's never won anything blah blah, you know he's he's not that good he's been elevated by a supporting cast but if I declared him a top 10 quarterback and we put him in San Francisco the only time Kyle Shanahan has had a top 10 top eight to 10 quarterback was Matt Ryan. Like a guy that year in, year out ranks in the top eight of quarterbacks or top 10 of quarterbacks. Matt Ryan struggled the first year a little bit, but year two is MVP. And Dak brings an extra dimension that Matt Ryan doesn't. Absolutely. That that mobility within a Kyle Shanahan offense is always going to bring something different. So yeah, fun. San Francisco. So we had Renner on the podcast the other day, and he talked about the 49ers potentially drafting Kyle Pitts at tight end and just wrecking the league with two of the most uncoverable tight ends and Kyle Pitts and George Kittle. You get Brandon Ayuk, you get Debo Samuel. That's kind of, that's what makes the Niners attractive, right? You just trust that their support system with the great Bobby Slowick as pass game coordinator officially. Um, But with Kyle Shanahan, with that whole system there, you just trust they're going to get the best out of whatever they have, which I think makes them an incredible possible landing spot for anybody from a Kyle Pitts to a Deshaun Watson. I just want to see offensive weapons there and see what Kyle can do with them. Articles being written. Who is Bobby Slowick? How I saw that. dare they? How did how did we not beat them to the punch? Well, also, how did his, like, once you're being told who Bobby Slowick is, there was no mention of PFF. His glorious work on the PFF podcast. I didn't read it there. Didn't didn't appear. That's right. He's been on your feed here. He's been on this PFF NFL podcast feed as a PFF. Now look at him coordinating San Francisco's. It's good. I I texted him the plays to run Uh as pass game coordinator. I gave him a few ideas. Nice. So I can't wait to see them next year. Uh, Congrats to Bobby. We'll make sure he listens to this episode. There's no way he listens to us still, right? I wouldn't have thought so. No, No, probably not. Um, anyway, so let's go back to Watson here. You, you're on record on the PFF NFL daily saying you think Miami's Watson's yeah. best spot. It, it, but, it was, but is that from like a Watson standpoint or is that from a best? Everybody. This is the thing. From day one, this has made way too much sense from every possible angle. Miami, they're the one team with all of the ammunition in the world to make this kind of deal happen. They've got all of Houston's picks from the previous trades, right? Just trade them back, get the quarterback. <laughs> okay, the only, the, literally the only downside to this trade 
is it makes Houston look ridiculous because they basically flip Laramie Dunsell for Deshaun Watson. Especially when you throw all of their moves. When you throw all of their moves on like a ledger. Yeah, and it's like that's what I'm saying. And subtracted all of the moves. So With when you JJ do this. Watt included now. And Jadavian Clowney. And all, yeah, DeAndre when you Hopkins. do this, you're essentially trading Laramie Tunsil for Deshaun Watson and trading your own picks back to get to make that happen. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't impact things, but there's no way they look at that and don't run that math in their brains and are like, we're, we're, we're going to look stupid. We can't do this. But outside of that, everything else makes sense. Miami have way more ammunition than anybody else. They have a team that's playoff caliber now. I know they didn't make it this year, but they were right there. They are in a championship window immediately if Deshaun Watson walks in the building. Um, they would still have uh, ammunition to put receivers around him as well. The, the This is a good team in need of a quarterback that can elevate them. Now, Tua may be that guy next year, but you can't guarantee it. And they're already further along than they thought they were going to be, so they might not have the time to to spend on Tua. They've also got Tua, so they can kind of, you know, a little sweetener to Houston saying, hey, it's not just picks coming back your way. Also, here's a top five quarterback from a year ago. That, that's a pretty nice part to have in the bargain. Um, and then from Deshaun's point of view, it's a good team capable of winning. Florida has no state income tax bonus. Uh, Miami's a pretty good place to be living, you know, out in the, the docks or wherever, like nice beach, South Beach. We were there. It's pretty, you know. Yeah, we were there. I would imagine right. it's even prettier when you're rich as hell. Like it, it's <laughs> going to be a pretty good place. Not so, just following the media parties right, around. The deal from every aspect just makes too much sense. I'm sold. Watson to Miami. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. Make okay, let me take it from the Texans angle here. Do you want Tua in the deal? Yes. And if you do... You've got is Tua the guy? You know we discuss this all the time. Do you just run with Tua, or are you grabbing a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields and saying, "All right, compete with with that third overall pick"? <clears throat> you're you know you're the sensitive locker room guy. <sighs> to me, Tua is like, why would you not want him as part of the deal? I mean, Miami don't want him if you're bringing in Deshaun Watson because like. The best case scenario is he accepts that he's now a backup and just sort of sits quietly in the corner. The worst case scenario is he's going to be kind of put out by that. And you just have this Carson Wentz situation festering in the corner. That can't be a, a good thing. So I would imagine they would want to flip him as part of that deal. But they could flip him somewhere else. Too. Sure. But like for Houston, you don't have any quarterback now. So why would you not want to take a swing at uh, You have the number three overall pick and you're guaranteed one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft, but in your mind. Yeah. I mean, to me, I would take two as just a free gamble like draft if you love one of those quarterbacks in the draft draft them and then you have Tua as well as a as an extra flyer now okay. completely screws Tua but you care less about that I you care less and about. you and Hugh, you I mean, Steve and you Houston I mean me, the, less yeah, about that me the GM I do care about my players and the people and all that stuff but right or wrong you have to almost treat them like assets right like that's and particularly have. like if if you are houston and you finally get you get pushed into this idea of we really don't want to trade deshaun watson but he's going to force our hand to make it happen yeah the absolute last thing you want to happen at the back end of that then is to spend the next five years scrabbling around trying to find a quarterback so this would be one of the few occasions where i think i would advocate just find you know free shot take as many free shots shot. of quarterback as it takes to make sure that you don't get left looking even more ridiculous in a few years time where not only did you trade him away for this massive haul but you couldn't replace him at you know five times of trying afterwards does that sound mean when i say treat players like assets because as a boss you never really want to do that right like if your boss was like man you're just you're just a replaceable asset i don't care anything about you but you, you do care about their family and their well-being and their future and development and all that stuff i mean football is complicated because they literally are assets in addition to being humans and you know yeah like they actually are they're literal assets i mean it's it's not quite as bad in soccer where you're genuinely purchasing players yeah right but it's i mean it is bad yeah so a little bit but no more than you know you'd expect see that's why i don't know if i'd be able to handle the gm job i would i'd be too attached to the player and I'd, i i do like what the rams did with todd Gurley. they're like man i love todd he's been good just throw the money at him yeah just throw the money at him it, that's what they did. I mean, they basically tried to like reward Todd Gurley and just threw money at him when they, you know. I really think that's it. a really hard part of 
long-term team building in not just the NFL, but all sports. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently talking about soccer. Liverpool have collapsed this season. You'll know that, Steve. Um, well, yeah, after such high peaks. Exactly. It was, it was so Jurgen Klopp has never really had to go through this before where he's had to revamp a team, a, a championship team, a team that's done it all. At some point, you have to walk in the building and be like, hey, you guys that brought us all the way here, it's time for you to go now. I need to bring in someone else to get this done. They're like, it has to be done. It's inevitable, but it's really hard yeah. because A, you have that emotional attachment, that sentimentality, and B, like they were the guys that got you to these heights in the first place. So it isn't easy. Um, the same thing is true in the NFL. Like it, whatever about building a team for one championship run to keep this going and understand when you need to get out. Like Bill Walsh always said, or yeah, Bill Walsh always, always said that he would rather be a year early in kicking a guy out the door than a year late because a year late causes you problems, like from a team building standpoint. And so he had this, you know, ruthless reputation and this kind of cold, cool, it pissed a lot of players off because he went, yeah, thanks for everything you've done. Bye-bye now. But that was his philosophy. Like, we, we need to be a year before, a year too soon, not a year too late. Bill Belichick lives that, has done yeah, that same throughout thing. the years. The Logan Mankins of the world, the Richard Seymours of the world, Dion Branches of the world. Like, he had no problem doing that. I'm not going to get into that. But knowing what we know about the quarterback position – how much Bill Walsh had Joe Montana, right? Hmm. How much does the quarterback give you this baseline of, I can get away with some of these moves. And they might be the right moves, but if you don't have Joe Montana or you don't have Tom Brady, it's a little harder to get away with them. All right, so let's say Dak is going to the Cowboys. I kind of want to keep a scorecard here. Dak's going back to the Cowboys. Deshaun Watson's going to the Dolphins yeah. in this scenario. Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson, a lot's been made. We had a couple, at least one or two mentions of him on the PFF Daily and the idea of we had a whole daily about it didn't we we did a whole daily about quarterbacks asking you know playing gm and then generally wilson as well right yeah. but he's a little upset offensive line you know we talked about how how much were the, the hits on him right off and so you know listen to that daily there's a lot there we get into the weeds a little bit does wilson end up anywhere else besides seattle i don't personally i don't think so no i Fiend. it's one of these ones where it doesn't make sense for anybody like why what's the point for wilson i can i understand entirely why you might be getting irritated and upset and frustrated by how things are going in seattle on the other hand things are going quite well in seattle like there's quite the potential to get worse than that if you go i want out i'm leaving i'm fed up with how this is going and you get traded to like you know wherever you end up somewhere crappy now what did you achieve like, okay, your situation might be a bit better in terms of you're not getting hit quite as much. On the other hand, everything else is worse and you're losing games a lot more. So what like, what did that achieve? You, to me, that was just a very public declaration that I'm kind of pissed off by this current strategy and we need to collectively get together in a room and figure out how we get this better. Right. I don't, for, for, the, for it to get worse than that, Seattle would have to completely ignore him or worse, tell him, you know what, I don't care. This is how we're doing it deal with it or he would have to be so beyond irrationally upset by this that he wants out in the first place and i don't see either of those things happening you're right it would have to be like deshaun watson's coming off a 4 and 12 season in houston where every good player around him has pretty much disappeared eh, not everyone but like you know a lot of them for nothing in return i can see how deshaun watson ended up pretty disgruntled with Wilson, to your point, like there's a pretty extended track record of success there, mm -hmm. and he should be okay. Plus, you're just like, man, do I really want to leave DK Metcalf? And Tyler Lockett's been fantastic. I mean, I, I've got a pretty good group here. If anything, I'm just kind of nudging them to invest in the offensive line a little bit more, which, yeah. you know, look, public spat, that stuff's overrated a little bit. We saw that with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady earlier in the year. Like that stuff can be overrated. But I think at the end of the day, we always mention Watson's a top three asset in the NFL. Wilson is too. I can't imagine he's going anywhere else. No, I mean, what has happened so far doesn't lead to them divorcing. No. Something spectacular would have to happen from this point for that to, to occur. And I, I can't see why it would. All right, so we have Wilson going back to the Seahawks. I think the PFF Daily breaking down who's to blame for the hits, though, is a good listen. So go check that out. Uh, Carson Wentz is next up on our domino list here. Mm. So we have Dak is back to the Cowboys. Watson, we're sending him to South Beach. Yeah. Wilson's back in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz, it sounds like sometime this week. 
he's going to get traded. Is it the Bears? Is it the Colts? Is it the Panthers? Is it some other secret team? Secret team. The, uh, what is it? What do they always say? Uh, there's always like a secret team. Uh, whatever. They always throw that in there. What I'm missing the argument. <sighs> anyway, where's he going? <laughs> this is one where I, I didn't think he was leaving. I thought everything that happened until like last week was set up so that Wentz was going back to Philadelphia. They would try and piece him back together again. That's the only thing that made any sense. His contract is a nightmare to walk away from. Yeah, sure, he was bad this year. On the other hand, what are your alternatives? Jalen Hurts didn't show you enough to be like, he's the guy. Um, you're not really in a great position to just draft his replacement. And even if you were, the contract is a nightmare and it hasn't kicked in yet. So the only thing that made any sense was, all right, this sucked. Let's try and rebuild Carson Wentz from within. You then hire a guy who's like Frank Reich's right-hand man. You know, Frank Reich connection with Carson Wentz built him in the first place. You hire Frank Reich's understudy. You try and do that. that but apparently that isn't the way it's happened. And now all of a sudden Carson Wentz is apparently on the way out the door. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the teams being reported as in for Carson Wentz are two of the more desperate teams in the NFL for a quarterback. Colts yeah. who have nobody and the Bears who have Foles and Trubisky, therefore nobody. So that's what I was going to say. So Dan Orlovsky, and I'm not calling anybody out here. I just want to use his baseline of analysis here. Okay. His analysis was essentially 2017, Wentz, top three quarterback. Borderline. 18 and 19, Wentz, a top seven quarterback. Mm. And then 2020, just disaster, right? If you think Carson Wentz was a top seven quarterback in 18 or 19, and if Dan Orlovsky thinks that, there He's has to be him. someone else around the league that does too. Right. Yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not knocking him for his opinion. I disagree with it because we had we had Wentz essentially graded 14th over those two years, which I think is a much cleaner baseline for him. Right. Middle tier quarterback who is capable of MVP caliber seasons every now and again. And last year, maybe not as bad as last year, but last year's type of disasters. 15th both season in PFF grade, which I think is is very fair. Like if you're saying what is Carson Wentz right now? Yeah. Don't look at the two extremes. Look in the middle. Look in the middle, and there's probably some fair there. Mm -hmm. And if, but so the, now the tricky part is, how do you pay? How do you pay all that money for a guy that's fifteenth? Right. You just 15th listed best quarterback. Yeah, you listed the top APYs for for now. The question is, do you want to trade for a guy? Do you want to trade for the best paid ranked fifteenth ranked quarterback in the NFL? To which almost everybody in the league would be like, hell no. Right. And the only the only team that would be like. Yeah, that's still better than what we got are the team with no quarterback at all the bears and the colts yeah who think we can yeah. go to the playoffs and the bears who have been just a train wreck at quarterback for a while and the bears are Wentz will be the best bears quarterback since eric kramer i mean that's the truth like he easily could be <laughs> eric kramer i love just love dropping eric kramer or jim miller in 01 anyway i mean just say it so you're right it comes down to a desperate team but the i guess the point i'm trying to make too somewhere in the nfl Somebody agrees with Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. And it could, it, maybe it's a random QB coach, but is it an entire organization that says, man, there's a top seven quarterback out there coming off of a bad year that is well worth it? So it's worse than that because there will be a group of people that believe that, that agree with Dan Orlovsky and say, Wentz's baseline, even throwing out the extremes, was top seven. Therefore, we should trade for him. Right. There will be another group of people who say, Wentz's ceiling is MVP. Yeah. I saw. 2017 MVP Carson Wentz, that's the player I can unearth. And NFL coaches are stuffed to the gills with the kind of hubris to come in there and be like, I can fix that. I understand what went wrong. You see, where Doug went wrong is yeah, yeah. I'll the tell you X, Y, and Z. I'll, I'll piece that back together again. And then we, we got an MVP out of here. This is, it's the deal of the century. So there will be a bunch of people that look at that and say, we can get MVP Wentz back. And I don't think that guy even – like, it's wrong to say that – MVP caliber Wentz was never there because he was that 2017 thing. It happened. It was real. It was very impressive, but it was built on a bunch of things that are wildly unsustainable. And even if everything had run itself back the next year, he wouldn't have been that guy again. Like his grade on third and long was absurd. His grade under pressure was absurd. Everything that you look at and say, this is unrepeatable. That's what he was doing well in 2017. So even if, like, as I say, if the entire situation had been 
exactly the same the following year, Wentz would not have played at that same MVP caliber level. And so if you're looking at that and saying that's his ceiling, I think you're immediately just wrong and off to the wrong start. Also loved their playmakers that year. Full full year of Alshon Jeffery, the one the one of the two good years of Nelson Aguilar in his five year career. Like everything really came together. Yeah, for the Eagles that season in 2017. Um, the other factor with Wentz is the injuries, right? Yes, he played this entire season healthy before getting hurt. I mean, before getting benched, but you know he's been he's been banged up off yeah. and on through the years. And I, I I'm always of the belief that QBs do control their injuries maybe far more than people expect. You either take more hits. You're not necessarily injury prone. It's just your playing style. And there's something to Wentz, maybe taking a few too many hits or whatever it might be that lends himself to injury. So where's his best landing spot? Like where's the best place for Wentz to get things back on track and which team is best? Are we just going to say the Colts for everything? Because it's definitely the truth for him, right? I just don't. I I cannot see. his. The problem with it, it's the contract. I cannot endorse a team trading for that contract given what we know about Carson Wentz right now which leaves him back in Philadelphia to me like I think his best you think he lands back in Philly no I think he's going I think I think the Bears are trading for him but I think he should stay where the hell he is in Philadelphia because I think Bears you said yeah yeah I would yeah I'm gonna guess Bears I don't think it's a good move I think it's in fact I think it's a terrible move but I think his best situation is to sit where he is in Philadelphia and try and rebuild himself there because that's the only one that doesn't hurt the team more than it's already hurt by dealing with your giant contract Chicago okay I mean you can trade for him you can franchise tag Allen Robinson you can try and keep a core around him but I don't like the Bears chances of finding the high-end Carson Wentz anytime soon do you I I think the Bears are the team and again, it, it just, it's where your baseline was. The, the example I'll use is a, a tackle, right? We always joke about creep back toward average, right? And we're serious. You just have an average offensive line. But a couple of years ago when Seattle had George Fant, like fresh off the basketball court, protecting Russell Wilson's blind side, when you can upgrade to Dwayne Brown, who's above average to really good, it's not creep back. Like he immediately brought their offensive line almost back to average yeah. by one person because the difference is so huge yeah because george fan is out there setting basketball screens correct as opposed to he was, dwayne brown yeah, you know, he just didn't understand the game yet. pass blocking sorry george we're just joking he struggled early in his year george fans i'm just so nice lately um the same thing happened with the texans like laramie tunsil in a vacuum is not worth it but when julian davenport is your previous left tackle the texans went from one of the worst to one of the better offensive lines because of one player yeah. and a little bit of growth elsewhere so the the the, the baseline is so low it makes the improvement better that is the bears quarterback situation not just this year or last year i mean it's just through the years the bears have been so bad at quarterback that carson wentz is going to feel like a godsend even if he ends up as that number 14 quarterback that he's been over the last few years right meanwhile on the left coast you have the rams moving on from jared goff who has played at a very similar level to carson wentz throughout his career and the Rams are just like, we're done. We're out of it. We, we can't do this anymore, right? And the Niners are like, man, Garoppolo. Yeah, we went to a Super Bowl with Garoppolo, but boy, would we like better. Your starting point is what dictates all of this. And the Bears' starting point is so low, I think they're going to be thrilled with taking the shots of rejuvenate Wentz. I think their starting point is so low, which is why they're desperate enough to make that move happen, that they're desperate enough to make that gamble. I don't think they're going to be pleased by the results at the end of it, even if it is better than what they currently have. Well, the other thing is, we've got a former GM potentially lined up to to talk, you know, on the show here. And I, one of the questions I'm always fascinated by is how, how much, how much are you looking to just save your job? Yeah. How much do you go out there and but say again, same thing? I've like, got one last shot. Is here. that doing it? I, again, I think that's probably what this is. Like, hey, look we got to make a big move, but like, is that helping? Look at the rest of the landscape. What else could potentially save their job? It's risky, right? Literally I mean, one of the worst quarterbacks in the available. What? Literally every other option available. We'll go through the. I mean, if you can't get Deshaun Watson, okay. So the other options on our list here that we're going to look at in sequence, like in hierarchical order, try and get Deshaun Watson. Yep. Try and get Dak Prescott. Call up the Seahawks and find out if that is worse than you think it is. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be available for a bag of peanuts 
and he might not be worse than Carson Wentz. You're not going to have to trade anything to get him. You're not going to have to pay him anything more than, you know, what it costs to move him to Chicago. You're going to get the same level of play. But I don't know when it comes to Ryan Pace and it comes to Matt Nagy, I don't know if it's just their on-field record this year that's like salvaging things. It's also having some sort of optimism for the future. But that optimism lasts three games with Carson Wentz. Like, it's, hey, great, we've got a new quarterback to build around. And it's like, oh, yeah, what if this know. isn't good? If he's a mid-tier quarterback, again, I think that's far more you optimistic think, than what the Bears have had. You think that Carson Wentz bumbling his way to a 75-grade next season across 12 games it'll be healthy in is enough for the Bears' powers to be to point to this and be like, see, look at this massive upgrade we got at quarterback. We nailed it. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. No. If they properly evaluated Trubisky over the last couple of years, and even when he had good stats, they were like, man, he's QB 30. If they the come NFL, out of this. Now we have QB 14. There's optimism. Fitzpatrick could easily be QB 14. He's been one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the, in the NFL the last three years. But there's no future with Ryan Fitzpatrick. If they make a monster trade and saddle themselves with Carson Wentz's contract and all they achieved is going from 28 to 15 in terms of quarterback play, Everybody in that building is getting fired. Because 15 can easily, in any given year, it could be 10, no, it could be 9. Everybody's getting eight. fired. Everybody's getting fired. Because you're still not good enough to win. So they're like Watson or bust. Like, you're screwed. No, Watson, Watson, Dak. I mean, Watson, Will, like I said, Watson won, and then work yourself down the list. It's all long shots. They're all long shots. Wentz is their best bet. Look Wentz at the rest of this list. Wentz is also a long shot, and he's an expensive one. You hope you grab Ben Roethlisberger somehow. You sign Jameis. You sign Cam Newton. I'm not like, saying the things don't. I, I'm not saying things don't get ugly quite quickly. Like Wentz might be the fourth best option for them, and the first three are almost impossible. So Bears. Wentz is a worse option than Fitzpatrick, and he's a massively more expensive one. All right, let's get through some of the. So I think Carson Wentz ends up in the Bears, and I think we're gonna we're gonna sit here and say, what do the Colts do? I don't know what the Colts are gonna do in this. If they don't get Carson Wentz, I don't even know if they want to be saddled with Carson Wentz mm-hmm. because of everything we're talking about here. It's a tricky one. Um, I wrote on my list Ben Roethlisberger with a big question mark. You know, the Pittsburgh folks are, uh, they don't know what to do either, right? He's due a whole lot of money. He said he'd be willing to restructure. He's not going anywhere else though, so. So you think it's retirement or back to Pittsburgh for him? Yeah. So real quick, if you're the Steelers, are you rooting for retirement and like let's let's push the rebuild? Anthony uh, Tresh wrote that on the website this no, week. No, because it is push the rebuild. It's not like if you had a, if you had a better option, sure. See you, Ben. Thanks for the work. It's been great. But what's your plan? Mason Rudolph, 2021? So you know how we had the whole podcast on should the quarterback have say? Should they have some say in decisions, right? Well, a couple years ago, they drafted Mason Rudolph. In the third round, mind you, it's not like they used their top pick. Big Ben was upset. You upset, Big Ben. The man's just trying to win a Super Bowl before he retires. Uh But the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they continue to listen to Big Ben and don't look for the next quarterback... They're going to be in this spot where the dude gets old and his arm falls off and you don't have anybody. Yeah. This is why they should have been preparing for this for three years ago, no matter what he said. Yes. And I think that's been fine. Like drafting a quarterback in the third round should never upset your current quarterback. Frankly, that if you're, if you think that guy is competition, you probably have some issues. No, because like, he wants another receiver or yeah, backup like, guard. You can or still something. draft one of those in the first or second round. Like Aaron Rodgers getting pissed off because they literally draft his replacement in the first round. Fine. Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts in the second. Okay, now we're getting a bit sketchy. I'm starting to get upset. The third round, like, what are you whinging about? This guy's a third rounder. He's never working out. Forget about it. He's mad about draft picks. He's mad about play action. He's mad about QB sneaks. Yeah. They need one more year where he just, like, conforms, (laughs) chucks it down the field, and see if they could relive some big big magic. I mean, they move coaching staffs around, right? It would be really interesting to see a new guy come in here and say, okay, I know you don't love it, but we're going to run play action. This is what we're doing. Right. Like the Aaron Rodgers treatment of this year. Like, yeah. buy into this. I promise you, you'll be better. We're not doing 900 two-yard passes this year. Yeah. Like, it's chuck it down the field. All right. Uh, is J- Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, they are just the same guy 10 years apart, right? Age. <laughs> uh, both free agents. I think Fitz, again, I love using the Rich Gannon comp. He's just like the cleanest. And maybe Tannehill is going to be the new one. Like, Rich Gannon became an MVP, like, in his mid-30s out of nowhere. Fitz isn't that level, but very few quarterbacks all of a sudden in their mid-30s just kind of figure it out. And Fitzpatrick, over the last three years, has been a top 15 quarterback. Uh, Jameis, does he – so let's just start with Fitz. 
is there a place where he's just going to go or just let the first few dominoes fall and then it's like, all right. I mean, honestly, Fitzpatrick might be the desperation Colts move, you know, once all the things have fallen against him and it's like, oh, shit, the music stopped. He could be the playoff quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Like, the music has stopped and there's no chairs left. Like, Fitzpatrick might be the guy you're left with. At the time we first put our free agent rankings together, we had a somewhat healthy debate between him and Phillip Rivers. Now, Rivers has since retired. But he was once on our free agent list as the second quarterback behind Dak. And we had a pretty healthy debate between Rivers and Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And you were of the mind. I was of the mind that Rivers was a step above. But you were trying to put them a little bit closer together. I don't know that there was that much difference, particularly not the way Rivers was going. Um, They're stylistically very different, I think. But look, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if you have a decent team around you, can win games to the point where you can make the playoffs. And if the top options have disappeared from the Colts and you, like, what are, what's your alternative? I, Ryan Fitzpatrick might be the best cheap alternative they're left with in terms of, look, we either roll into the, the season with nothing at quarterback or we bring in uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick who is good enough to win enough games that a playoff caliber roster can make the playoffs. As we get further into the offseason and we talk specifically about teams and what they need to do, though, I'm going to probably say this over and over again with the Colts which whatever they do at the quarterback position if if they sign Fitz somewhat on the cheap and they're left with the flexibility to then spend all their money <laughs> and all their draft capital yeah. on dra- on receivers mm-hmm. that's the way to go they yeah. have the other pieces in place on this roster like spend the money for a Kenny imagine Kenny Galladay with YOLO Fitz now, he'll get plenty of contested catch opportunities go get your Kenny Galladay go get one or two players in the draft Paris Campbell's wide receiver four like he should be and you know Michael Pittman's a you know possession receiver like that's it's got to be their play right is become explosive more explosive they have the flexibility to put weapons around whoever they end up with I think obviously they want an elite quarterback or a high-end quarterback to put in there but if things fall the wrong way they might not have that option all right let's talk Jameis and maybe it'll be full Tamis Taysom Hill Mm. and Jameis Winston well, Do what, we assume Drew Brees is going to retire? So this is the thing. Start off with what the hell is your read on the New Orleans situation in 2021? Who are their quarterbacks and in what order? I think, you know, re- reading a little bit, you know, we're not NFL insiders here. We have people, but it's not like we don't have, we don't, we don't have a ton of uh, so inside info. So reading things, it seems like it would be, they want to give Jameis an opportunity to start. And I would assume that puts Taysom in the same role, but you know, backup, you know, backup quarterback slash slash, right, doing everything else. What would you handicap the percentage chance that Drew Brees is the starting quarterback in twenty twenty one at? I mean, I I, want, I put it a few weeks ago. I would have said zero. Like, I would have said one just yeah. to stay safe, right? I think it's ten percent now. I think it's a little bit more. Like the longer he holds out, yeah, the longer he has a chance to come back. I think it might be like twenty five. And heading upwards. Drew Brees right now. With no inside info, again, you don't know anybody. Drew Brees feels to me a lot like Brett Favre, the way his career went towards the end, which is if you ask Brett Favre in like January, February, what he thinks about next season, the dude's like, I've just been beat up for 20 weeks. I'm old. This is crappy. We just crapped out of the playoffs in, you know, disastrous fashion again. I didn't win another ring. I'm fed up. I don't want to talk about it next season. I'm I'm not I'm not feeling football right now. And everyone's like, oh, he's retiring. He's walking away. It's, it's done. It's over. And then the closer you get to June, July, it's like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good now. You know, nothing's been broken for a few weeks. Uh, the kids are, you know, they're away in summer camp. It's it's all going good. The eleven ribs are back. And I'm, yeah, and I'm getting you know, it's, it's close to football time. I'm I'm excited again. And you know, we were pretty close to last year. We could just one more game, one more, you know, I wonder get how over much, the edge. I think Breeze right now, like the start or the start of the offseason wants no part of football. And then like when we get to the summer, now he's thinking about it again. He's like, I want, one, I want that one more ring before I walk away. I wonder how much he looks back at that season and says, this was supposed to be the pinnacle, right? This yeah, was like. But it turns out I'm just cooked. <laughs> no, but, but, but he blames the injuries. Right? Oh. Instead of saying okay. I'm old. 
he blames the injuries. Man, I had 11 broken ribs and a punctured lung yeah. and it broke my face and like the whole, everything fell apart. Jerome was a noodle before any of that happened. Yeah, yeah, but the, uh, you know, he, they still they still have good stats because everybody around him, right? Yeah. The problem is they are still in such a salary cap hole. Even the magic that they've pulled has to run out a little bit. Like they're just not going to have the same. But the Saints, I think, would be 100% on board with like if he came to them in, you know, May and was like, hey, guys, I know, I know everyone thought I was walking away, but I'm kind of feeling the itch I'm but i back for one last go round. they'd be like yep cool to get under the salary cap next year yeah, always his 25 million disappearing in retirement is a big part of that well they already he already converted it right he shifted it to a bonus to give the oh that's space. right that's right they did convert so whatever he does they save them the money the cap room anyway so if breeze is back Jameis is on the market again, right? Yep. There's no way he signs back there again, <laughs> right? Because if he, then if he signs another one-year deal, if he wants to be the Saints starting quarterback in 2022, he could always, you know, be a free agent and go back there. Yeah. But I think Jameis and Tameis, Taysom, <laughs> go back. <laughs> I love combining. We'll get, wait till we get to Cariota in uh oh God. It in gets Las really Vegas. complicated as well because of the, the ridiculous deal they signed Taysom Hill to. Because, like, if you're going to flip the order, if, if – Jameis is going to be your starter. You got to pay him, right? right you gotta, well, you got to pay him and pay him more than Taysom, right? Yeah. You can't have Taysom Hill no, in this slash role earning more than starting quarterback Jameis Winston, can you? But he's quarterback slash H-back and punt protector. You think he earns deal. more for the additional positions? <sighs> maybe, maybe. But I think I think they try to roll with those two guys in Nolens. Uh, one other big domino i would say is cam somewhat big as cam newton i mean when it, when you look at the pff free agent list pff.com i would say fitzpatrick and cam newton are the cutoffs of guys you're expecting to get starting jobs there's andy dalton out there tyrod mitchell trubisky almost certainly those guys are going to be backups around the league next year cam newton still has a chance to be a starter does this look a lot like last year where he's in afterthought and then yeah. it's like all right come on in and could it be new england again oh god i don't know where cam newton is finding a starting job from um i think the teams that are desperate that we talked about are indianapolis and chicago i think both of those guys would go in a different direction the new england's just to... as desperate by the way yeah but they've already kind of everyone's mutually agreed that this thing went south and it's not going to work out you can't i mean can they really then go you know what it's, we're still desperate. <laughs> I know it didn't work out great last year, but let's what say you to one more go round. So this is where, like, if you're doubt, da- like this goes back to the Dallas thing. Even though on paper, easier to find starting quarterbacks now than five, six, seven, eight years ago. How uncomfortable is it if you're the Steelers with Big Ben where he is, the Patriots with no quarterback, the Bears? The Colts yeah. with no quarterback, or even the Broncos with like Drew Locke, and it's like, man, we'd really like somebody better. How uncomfortable is that? Yeah, that's what, Dallas doesn't want to sit there and be that uncomfortable. And remember, also, we're gonna lock up three. We're gonna lose three more starting jobs at least with the draft. You know, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, that's that job gone. Um, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, wherever they land, that's those two jobs gone. Maybe you get another one. Maybe Trey Lance starts day one. Wouldn't bet the farm on it, but at least three more jobs are going to disappear because of the top end of the draft. At which point, again, it's like there just aren't that many places for Cam Newton to land. Now, maybe Cam Newton becomes an interesting spot for Denver where it's like, hey, we do want to move on from Drew Locke, sort of, um, but we want to keep him in the building because we still believe in him because we haven't cut that cord yet. What's the best way of doing that? Is it Cam Newton? We bring him in. He's an obvious upgrade and starter, but... You know, we're not like we're not dumping Drew Locke completely because we got Cam Newton. Uh, there's already a lot of rumors that Cam goes and reunites with Ron Rivera in Washington. Uh huh. How? I that's not that just sounds unexciting for the football team that, for everybody. Yeah, that took some strides forward. <laughs> See, this is the thing, right? Again, is Cam Newton top 32 in the world? probably right there right I, I keep using this baseline of yeah. I say baseline a million times in this show Mariota top 32 but do you do you want QB 25 to 32 do you really want that guy Darnold maybe in that mix right yeah the problem is if you have yeah if you have QB 25 to 32 you probably know they're in that bracket and are looking for something better and by better the it's usually an analog for like younger so if you're stuck with 25 to 32, at the very minimum, 
they better be 22 years old and have some kind of future. Whereas if you're Cam Newton, it's like, what are we, like, where does this go? Okay, it's Cam Newton. Maybe he's QB 25 right now. But what's the future? Like, where is this bringing us? That's at the least, same thing I was saying about Fitz, except, you know, he's been high, he's been better in yeah, recent years. Like, at least if you rewind 12 months, you can go into the season and we've got um, Drew Locke, we've got Dwayne Haskins. They both suck heading into 2020, but at least each team could talk themselves into a future in 12 months' time right. where they're both much better than that. Now, neither worked out. Dwayne Haskins gets cut. Drew Locke is trying to get himself to the bench, or they're trying to move him to the bench. But the point is, you could there was reason for optimism. If you roll into the 2021 season with Cam Newton as your quarterback, knowing that he's probably QB 20 to 25, you don't like you. There's nobody in there is talking themselves into the upside of him becoming a top 10 quarterback again. Yeah, I'm I'm not going out of my way to sign Cam at this point. If I'm the football team, you know, it's it's almost they bring Tyler, Taylor Heineke back. Great, see what he's got. But you definitely want somebody else to compete with. They're just stuck in the middle of the first round now because they decided yeah. to make the playoffs, right in the <laughs> NFC East. Uh, let's wrap it up with this. Derek Carr, Cariota with the Raiders. Cario. Just like the Rams. I can't remember where I say all this stuff, but like just like the Rams felt like they maxed out with Jared Goff, does John Gruden feel like he's maxed out with Derek Carr? He's a good quarterback. He's an above-average quarterback. He's you know they, they had a good offense this year. I think the Raiders, again, go back and listen to the John Gruden interview uh, on the Chris Collinsworth podcast a few weeks ago. I love hearing the way people just discuss the offseason and Gruden made comments like, we're going to get like dudes on defense. We're going to get playmakers. We yeah. want alphas on defense. So I think that's their focus. I don't think Derek Carr's their focus, but I do wonder if they're a little flirty as well. This time a year ago, I would have expected them to be. Um, I think I think a year ago, you could look at Derek Carr and be like, wow, we're he's he's a pretty hard cap on how good we can be even on offense. Forget the defense for a second. This year, he played a lot better. Um, the the deep ball was there again. You know, I'm, maybe it came from Nelson Aguilar instead of Henry Ruggs, but the point is Carr found that part of his game again, and when he does that, he can be a much better quarterback than he is the rest of the time. So it would be very harsh, I think, to come out of that season and be like, yeah, you know, maybe we can upgrade on Derek Carr. Maybe we can make a move here and uh, and flip him for something slightly better. It's possible, but I think it would be it would be kind of reckless at this point, particularly when you have such a glaring weakness on the other side of the ball. It's like Derek Carr played well. The offense was pretty good. Your defense was an abomination, and you could probably fix that with, you know, way easier than you could in. Like, it's a, it's a very small landing to stick, flipping Derek Carr and getting better in the process. I'm not saying you can't do it, but on the other hand, over here, you've got a defense where pretty much throw anything at it and you've upgraded. Like, Pick on that. It's easier for no other reason. Do you think that they could also look at Marcus Mariota as a lateral move? They've had a year of him in the building, one good game out of him in relief. I wonder if they could see that as a lateral move and in part of rebuilding the defense. Is it you know, So it'd be Mariota and whatever you get from Carr from, say, Indianapolis, the yeah. Bears. Mariota and all of that draft capital or Derek Carr. And I think that decision could be happening. With yeah. the Raiders. I mean, it's possible. I'm not saying, again, it's it's not crazy. I'm just saying it it seems risky. And a risk you don't need to take when you could instead target your defense, which is top to bottom abysmal. All right. So we've got Carr and Mariota probably staying with the Raiders. Mariota is just as intriguing as some of these other names, I think, though, or like the Cam Newtons of the world. We'll see if there's any sort of market for him. Let's, let's wrap it up with a quick draft predictions. Trevor Lawrence, number one, going to the Jaguars. Yep. The Panthers, I think, are the team to keep an eye on. Every single quarterback trade rumor has involved them as well. <laughs> They're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They were in on Matthew Stafford, wanted to give up eight overall. Clearly, and that was right. They made the right move last year. Teddy Bridgewater, bridge quarterback. Yeah. And they had him for a year that they won in. I think Justin Fields could be their guy, and I could see them trading up and trying to make a move on draft day. That would be interesting. I think he'd be good in that offense as well. I'm Just, for that. I want to know where the Jets Jets are the pivot point, right? Pick two, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, I think is going to be the debate. We like Wilson over Fields. So I'll say Wilson goes to the Jets. Also, Could be. just QB question mark is a debate, apparently, in the, the Jets. Like, do they even draft a quarterback? And they have Darnold in the mix. That's true. They 
Again, I don't think that should be a question. I think you absolutely draft a quarterback if you're the Jets, but apparently that's a debate. But they're asking it. They're asking the question, Yeah, which is fair, to at least pose it and then yeah. shoot it down. Yes. It's very fair to ask the question as long as it's very quickly followed up with being shot down in flames. So I'll say Justin Fields ends up a Panther. Zach Wilson ends up a Jet. Yep. And then Trey Lance, I'm going to say, is a Lion. And I think that is a great fit. Developmental quarterback. Jared Goff for a couple of years. Ankle biting six year contract for Dan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you laughing at? I'm just. Was that in? A, is that in a scouting report? Is he a big kneecap biter? Oh, kneecap biting. Yeah. Um, I think you can develop that. Yeah. Okay. He's got all the tools to to bite kneecaps. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, Russell Wilson might be the best bet for that because you know. He's... <laughs> no, yeah, Kyler Murray, surely. Oh, Kyler. Yeah. It's even shorter. Short, short jokes. <laughs> Trade for Kyler Murray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we getting. We're getting canceled. All right. It's great. You know a quarterback short when even I can make the short joke about oh, it. Whatever about you. You can make it about everybody. For everybody. But me. Except I, Dan I can, McGuire. I can make the short joke about Kyler Murray. Dan McGuire just. and Brock Osweiler. Why do those 6'8 guys just never pan out? Uh, I, it's probably because when you're 6'8, you don't have that much coordination. Because we all go play baseball. Um, okay. We sure. all go play baseball. All right, that was great. A little QB carousel stuff. So it's full off-season mode. We're having a lot of fun here. If you guys want a broad draft overview, go back to the last pod. We had Mike Renner on here. We talked offense, defense, went through the peaks and valleys of the draft, some of our favorite players. We've got a lot more planned. We're trying to get some, you know, some more interviews down the road. But, yes, full free agent season, team building season. We are loving it. You're going to love it too, especially over at pff.com. PFF Edge and Elite is everything you need. Draft guide. 200 player profiles right now all part of your edge or elite package so go and check that out right now free agents we got our top 150 we're going to move that to 200 shortly so a lot of stuff going on season doesn't end for us sam we're moving along never so thanks to everybody for tuning in we'll be back on thursday i hope this pod dropped a little bit early should have said that at the top i don't know maybe you get it early because we recorded early maybe special bonus but yeah we'll be back on thursday more off-season chatter thanks guys (laughs) 